Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com slash Browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns. News, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year, and we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but if you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our football insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders, $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216 208 3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question, Mary Kay, this is yours. What is it? The question is, have we seen Miles Garrett as his at his best? And, you know, he's heading now into his fourth NFL season. Hard to believe uh, <laughs> that is it is that already. My goodness, time has gone really fast with him. And uh, obviously last year did not go the way that he wanted it to go. He wanted to be NFL Defensive Player of the Year and reach one of his goals. Uh, In addition, obviously, to trying to get the Browns into the playoffs. Uh, He was hoping to be uh, the best defensive player in the league, and that didn't work out. So I would have to say absolutely not. Uh, We have not seen Miles Garrett at his best yet. Uh, now, again, if you've been watching some of his social media, 
We see him uh, lifting a lot of weights. We see him jumping over people to dunk basketballs. He's working out like crazy. He's gotten very involved off the field uh, in the community. Uh, he, you know, he's part of Waterboys organization. He went to uh, Tanzania in the off season uh, to help out with Waterboys. He's doing all kinds of things to fight against racism. So I think he is becoming his best self in every single way. I think the incident with with Mason Rudolph. Uh, I think it really, uh, I think it really hurt him uh, for the whole world to see that happen. I think that he felt that that's not who he is. And he doesn't want that incident to define him at all. And I think he's working really, really hard uh, to show that that's not who he is. That's not, that was a moment in time out of character that he snapped. And, um, and I just think he's working so, so hard uh, to come back and be that number one overall pick, that NFL defensive player of the year, and a player who catapults the Browns into multiple playoff seasons and hopefully for him, the Super Bowl. Yeah, the last time we saw Miles Garrett's season cut short, he came back uh, pretty pretty well. Um, you know, he his rookie year, uh, 11 games, he had uh, some injury issues, and then 2018, 13 and a half sacks, Pro Bowl. Um, I, I don't think that we've seen the best of Miles Garrett yet. Um, I think that had he played a full season, he, there's a good chance he would have would have set the Browns' single season record for for sacks in the season, which is 14 and a half, which kind of has an asterisk next to it because it was done, if I remember correctly, 1970, Bill Glass. And that was before they started keeping track of sacks for real in the NFL. So um, who knows who really has the most sacks in NFL history because, you know, guys in the, the 50s and 60s um, weren't really being counted. So, but I think that that, that, is, that is there for him and it could have been there for him last year. Uh, and I think we, we've mentioned this before. We haven't really seen Miles Garrett become so dominant that he takes over games the way we've seen someone like TJ Watt do that or like Nick Bosa do that. Um, maybe that's because we're kind of watching this from the Brown side. Maybe there's opponents the Browns have played who would, who would argue against that and say, no, we were, we were afraid of Miles Garrett for real, but we haven't seen him kind of dominate in that fashion the only thing that comes to mind right off the top of my head is the Jets game last season when they had all sorts of trouble with their backup quarterbacks uh, dealing with him. But uh, I think that uh, if, if he needs motivation, he has to have it at this point for multiple reasons. And um, there's just so much out there still for him to accomplish. So I would think that, that we're, we're going to see a different Miles Garrett maybe this year kind of take that leap that we're expecting him to eventually take as the number one overall pick when he was drafted. Yeah, I think the game, the, the tie against the Steelers is one I kind of go back to where, you know, he kind of single-handedly brought the team back. That was one of those games where, um, he, I mean, he really looked like the guy, okay, this, this, is, this is what Miles Garrett can be when he's having, like, his best game. Some of the other games are games where maybe the stats haven't been there. Actually, the, that Mason Rudolph game, if you go back and watch it, Miles Garrett was dominating the, the tackle in that game. I mean, he was he had the tackle on skates all game. Yeah, he didn't put up the sack numbers, and I think maybe that led to some of that frustration building up throughout that game. He just wasn't getting all the way home and, and finishing off plays. Uh, but, but that's really sort of been Miles Garrett so far is, you know, we see the sack numbers, but 
the potential for those sack numbers to skyrocket if he can just get home a couple more times, you know, one or two more times a game. That's when you start having that 18-sack season, 20-sack season, right? Those, those, those J.J. Watt-type numbers or, or Aaron Donald-type numbers uh, when, when he kind of starts to get home. Mary Kay, when you said that this is his fourth year, it does seem strange to say that because really outside of just that middle year, the other two years have been kind of weird because we, we obviously know how last season ended. Uh, but his first season, too, he has that ankle injury right before the season starts and he misses four games, uh, comes back, looks really good. I mean, gets a sack on his very first play. Um, but, you know, he kind of admitted after the season he was never 100% that rookie year. So it, it's been sort of a weird three years. We haven't really seen uh, – we haven't seen him really on the field consistently, you know, outside of that middle season. And, of course, he almost set the sack record that's that, that second year. So – that's part of it too. We just haven't seen Miles Garrett in a, in a full year just dominate from week one to week 17. And hopefully this is the year that we're going to really get to see that. Yeah. And the other thing too is that, you know, I think it will really help him to have somebody really good on the other side that can last throughout 16 games and take a little bit of the heat off of him. So if it's Olivier Vernon, fine. If it's Jadavian Clowney, that's fine too. But I think he really will benefit from having somebody over there that you have to give some attention to from time to time. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is uh, with Miles Garrett, he really needs to increase the takeaways. He's got to be punching the ball out more. Maybe if you, if one of you guys could look up uh, real quick, how many uh, forced fumbles did he have last year? Or, and maybe even fumble recoveries if, if you have. He had, and so in 2017, he had one forced fumble. He had three in 2018 and he had two in 2019. Um, he's, he's recovered one. Uh, but his, be his best year in that regard has been 2018. And I actually wonder, again, going back to that Steelers game, how many he had. I want to say maybe he had two in that game, but I know he definitely had one in that game. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's an area that, that he needs. When we talk about him being a little bit more dominant, you know, you really want to see him making more of the game-changing play. He, you know, not only being disruptive, not only getting the sack, but taking the ball away, forcing fumbles, uh, you know, of the running back too, or the tight end or whatever. Uh, you know, batting down more passes, you know, making those game changing plays where, you know, where you just think he's a monster and nobody can do anything with him, uh, kind of in the way that, that Nick Bosa performed against the Browns last year, where nobody could stop him. Miles Garrett needs to have more of those kinds of games for him. If you want to be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, you have to show up like that. You have to show up in the big moments and you have to make it virtually impossible. Uh, for the quarterback or anybody else to get their job done on, on that football field. And that's what you need to see from Miles. And if you, you know, if you want uh, those titles and those accolades and those Pro Bowls and all those things that he said from day one that he wanted, uh, you, you just have to be the generational, the generational player uh, that everyone talked about him being when he was that number one overall pick. Because here's the truth of the matter. Uh, the Browns probably should have taken Patrick Mahomes number one overall that year, right? I mean, if you had had a, uh, if you had really had some really strong 
quarterback evaluators in your front office that year that really absolutely 100% knew exactly what they were looking at in the same way that the Chiefs did, you probably would have drafted Patrick Mahomes because I think everyone will tell you that a franchise quarterback trumps a pass rusher. And so in order for him to, to live up to the status that he needs to live up to, uh, he's got to get this team to some Super Bowls and he's got to make more of a difference on the football field. I will say he does need to, to do more of the things you talked about in order to, you know, to be considered for defensive player of the year, because there's, there's more involved in that than just stats. It's, you know, it's what people see you doing. It's when you do it. Um, but I don't think that Miles Garrett necessarily has to do those kinds of things for the Browns to be successful. Um, a good example is uh, their win over the Ravens last year. Uh, the, the Browns sacked Lamar Jackson four times in that game. Miles Garrett didn't have any of them. And I remember I did a post uh, after the game, uh, basically asking, well, what did Miles Garrett do all game? You know, they, he wasn't involved in any of these sacks and, uh, uh, they still won, but basically he was drawing double teams. He was setting the edge. He was doing all the things that you want a defensive end to do. He was getting pressure and uh, spots, but he was opening up uh, opportunities for his teammates. And that's a big part of why Miles Garrett is out there and why they wanted him is because, yes, he can do all these great things on his own, but he also makes the entire defense better, especially the defensive line and those people rushing the passer because he – demand so much attention so like you said if you do have you know an Olivier Vernon for an entire season if you do have uh if you have improved you know the interior of the line as much as as they hope then having Miles Garrett on the outside is just going to make that all so much better you know even if he doesn't uh have those standout games that are you know you have the highlights all over sports center things like that um, he's still going to be having a major impact for the Browns and that's ultimately what they want him to do and, and by the way, I think it's worth pointing out that when we've talked to Miles, I mean, he's even admitted he, he wants to get to the quarterback more, right? I mean, this isn't just, just us saying this. You know, Miles isn't sitting up there at, at the podium every week saying, well, I got this many pressures and this many, you know, court. I mean, he wants, he wants those sack numbers. He wants to get home and, and, and make those big plays. He's, you know, that, that's sort of how he views it as well, at least when he's talked to us. Um, you know, you mentioned what he does for the rest of his group. When you kind of watch, you'll see, like, you know, the left tackle will get him, and then a guard will come over and help, and then a running back will help, or a tight end will help. Uh, but at the same time, he's not the only defensive player dealing with that. Um, he, you know, he'll, he'll figure it out. I, I, think, I mean, I really think he's poised to have a really big year this year. It's just ultimately what is that going to look like. And I think what you want to see, you know, you mentioned that Nick Bosa game. You mentioned, I don't know if you guys remember that Chiefs-Rams game from a few years ago. It was that 54-51 just shootout. And what, what kind of stands out to me about that game, for as much of a, as it was about offensive fireworks, is I just remember Aaron Donald making, like, multiple plays in that game. Even though it was an offensive showcase, I just remember seeing 99, you know, getting after Patrick Mahomes and, and finding a way to make plays in that game. And that's just sort of what you want, you know, and, and Miles Garrett is going into that year where some of these players have taken that leap, you know, a JJ Watt, an Aaron Donald, uh, guys like that. When you watch these games, you just want to see there's 95, you know, it feels like almost every player watching this game on TV, you know, there's 95 again, 
95. I, I see 95 every single time, whether he's, whether he's hitting the quarterback or not. I just see him back there disrupting, moving the quarterback, causing all kinds of problems. And Miles has had a few games like that. Uh, but I think the next step is to do that. You know, as, as a defensive player, you can't do it every single week. But more and more you're going to see. Here, here, there's 95 in the backfield, and he's just out there causing problems constantly. And, you know, the other thing that he's going to have to really worry about this year or think about, and hopefully he, he can get a, a mental handle on this, is the fact that uh, last year he started to get a little bit of a reputation of late hits, unsportsmanlike conduct, and those sorts of things. And now you've got the whole Mason Rudolph incident thrown in there, which, of course, even that uh, was considered to be, in the, in the final analysis, uh, that was a late hit. And, uh, and so now, you know, you're going to have officials and referees really keeping an eye on him. They're going to be really watching for him. And even though, you know, we, we know him well enough, we've watched him closely these, all these years to know that he's really not a dirty player, but they're looking at him. They're looking for those kinds of things. And he will uh, push the envelope on that. I mean, he tries to play within, within the rules of the game, but he'll push it right to the limit. And sometimes uh, what he perceives as the limit is over the line a bit. And he's getting called for those kinds of things. The other thing is sometimes he wants to be so fast and furious off the ball in the way that, you know, Bruce Smith kind of coached him up and taught him that he needs to be, uh, that he gets the penalties for that too, the, the offsides and things like that. So this is going to be an interesting year to see how he handles the mental part of the game, the part that says, I can be as aggressive as I need to be. I can get to this quarterback as fast as I can. I can get him down on the ground and I'm not going to get a penalty while I'm doing it. So what's going to be in, inside of his head? And I actually think this would probably be a good year uh, if he hasn't done this already for him to maybe talk some of those things over with the sports psychologist and make sure that he's got a handle on all of that. Because I think that, that that's a lot on his plate to try to deal with everything that he's going to have. I mean, when he goes into Pittsburgh, you know, that that's going to be a very emotional game and he's going to get some of that elsewhere too. People are going to uh, trash talk him and try to get inside his head about this. And, uh, and I think it's going to be something he's going to have to deal with. Yeah. Who there's going to be somebody on some offensive line or some backup tight end who's willing to take, you know, who's willing to slap his head and take the penalty or get the, this the late shove on Miles Garrett after the play. Just see what happens. I mean, you know, he he kind of he. There's a Tennessee game where he had the incident uh, with with the punch, and then obviously what happened with the Steelers. And um, you know, I like I'm not saying that, that there's going to be a bunch of dirty players that the Browns are playing against this year, but it wouldn't be surprising if somebody just tried to see. Okay, where's Miles Garrett's head at? Is he on the edge? Is he somebody who you just need to need to poke a little bit in order to get him, you know, unfocused? So I think as far as late hits go, I think he was caught up in the early season crackdown that the officials were having on uh, quarterback hits because there were some that I think after the fact you come away with thinking they were really questionable. There's one that sticks out against the Steelers and, and Roethlisberger. Um, so I, I agree with you. I don't look at him as a dirty player, but I think, most of the people in the NFL look at him as a player who you're not really sure where his head is this year. Yeah, there, there is a cost of doing business if you're going to be a, a defensive player in the NFL a little bit. Um, 
you're, you know, you're going to get flagged sometimes for a ticky-tack call against a quarterback, right? I mean, look at Sheldon Richardson. You know, he grazed the face mask of Lamar Jackson last year, and it turned into a, a roughing the passer penalty. So some of those are just a case of the rules are so strict now and quarterback protect, protections are so strong that, you know, sometimes you see replays of these hits and you're like, really, that was a roughing? But there were some moments last year where – you know, outside of the obvious one, there were moments last year where Miles did lose his composure or he did, you know, it was, a, it was an awareness issue. Um, the Delaney Walker punch was a big one. And he's, he's just going to have to be ready to deal with a lot of this stuff where, where folks are coming after him. The crowd is getting after him. You know, I mean, I see it on Twitter some, sometimes too. The Browns will tweet something about Miles Garrett and you venture into the comments, which frankly you should never do on Twitter, but sometimes I do it. You venture into the replies and there'll be three or four tweets that mention Miles Garrett hitting somebody with a helmet. So that's, that's just going to be the reality of, uh, of Miles this year. If there are fans in the stands, he's going to hear about it from them and, and he's going to have to, to live with those consequences. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it for uh, this 20 questions edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Check out Cleveland.com slash Browns for the whole series. Check out the podcast feed to get caught up with all the questions that we've done leading into Brown's training camp. And of course, check out Football Insider and get yourself subscribed to that. Start your two-week free trial there. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>